Uh, we're starting a new Sefer this week, the book of Vayikra, which, uh, which talks a lot about korbanot, about sacrifices, and that's actually the theme of tonight's class. Congratulations to you guys for, uh, we started this class with uh, Sefer Shemot, so uh, we, we've been through one, one whole um, one whole Sefer, and we're up to Vayikra. So tonight, uh, in these few minutes that we have together, I want to um, focus on something that on the one hand uh, seems very abstract and not so relevant in our lives, which is korbanot, sacrifices, and on the other hand, talk about prayer, tefillah, um, and uh, something that is very important in our lives, and in fact, in any religion, in any, uh, any belief in the existence of a God, there's always a form of prayer. We do it three times a day. Muslims do it five times a day. And uh, to, to address a little bit about that in the few minutes that we have. So let's get right to it. Um, we will begin uh, with the beginning of the Parsha that speaks about and we'll just talk about a little, refresh our memory a little bit about the various types of korbanot, the sacrifices that existed in the times of the Beit HaMikdash. Let's share screen here. Okay, so we have source number one. God called to Moses, speaking to him from the tent of meeting. He said, speak to the Israelites and tell them the following. When one of you brings an offering to God, the sacrifice must be taken from the cattle, sheep, or goats. If the sacrifice is a burnt offering, take from the cattle. It must taken from the cattle. It must be an unblemished male. One must bring it of his own will to the entrance of the tent of the meeting before God. The priest shall thus burn the entire animal on the altar as a completely burnt offering to God, an appeasing fragrance. Now. There were, um, there were different types of korbanot, as we know. There were korbanot where all of it was uh, sacrificed, as we just read. It's called the korban ola, complete offering, where everything, there are sacrifices where some of the meat was given back to the owners that brought the sacrifice up. Um, for example, coming up is Pesach, the Korban Pesach, which is the, actually the first original Korban, the original sacrifice, right? That was, we know, it was eaten, the meat was eaten by the, uh, the groups of families that would join together, each one that would bring that sheep. Um, the most common variation of this Korban Olah is the Korban, which is called Korban Tamid. Tamid means everlasting, consistent, always. And there was a morning tamid, tamid shall, um, um, tamid shall shachar, and tamid shall ben arbayim, uh, which corresponds to our prayers, the shachrit prayer and the mincha prayer. And this was offered every single day. And this was such an important, significant part of the experience of the temple of the Beit HaMikdash, so much so that when, when it stopped, and the, the time when it stopped being offered was on the 17th of Tammuz. It was such a, um, uh, a, a terrible 
beautiful thing that that is one of the five reasons that we fast on the 17th of Tammuz. That's how significant this korban of the korban tamid and it's ceasing to, to be able to continue being served. There are different types of korbanot. We're not going to have time to get through all of them tonight. Um, I will mention another one. Let's go to uh, source number three. Let's share screen. Source number three, if one sacrifice is a peace offering and it is from the cattle, he may offer either an unblemished male or an unblemished female before God. Now, I want to continue on to uh, starting to talk about understanding how does this relate to us today. So there were different types of korban. Another type of korban I'll just say is there was the korban toda. If someone experienced a, a positive experience in their life, let's say they had a miracle happen to them. Let's say they went through the wilderness and they survived. They would bring a korban toda, like in Hebrew, toda means thank you. So they would bring a korban toda. There was all different types of korbanot. There's also korbanot, obviously, we didn't mention here, but there's korbanot, sacrifices that you would bring if you, if you did a sin. A korban chatat, as it was called. Again, we're not going to go into all the specific details. What I do want to start talking about is how that expresses itself today. How do these various sacrifices express themselves today in our lives? So source number five, we have, uh, this is from a, a book called the Piskei Shuvot. Halachic authorities of recent generations have written that when someone experiences a miracle, he should recite Torah's passage about Thanksgiving offering. It is also customary to hold a feast with friends, relatives, Torah scholars, and the poor to tell over the miracle and to thank God for his kindness. As the verse states, I thank God with all my heart in the presence of the upright congregation. Okay, so it's important to know, guys, and I'm sharing this, when something good happens to you and you make a, a, a meal to commemorate that, let's say someone recovered from COVID, they recovered from a life-threatening situation, a heart attack, cancer, whatever it is, when you make a meal and a party, it's not just like, let's throw a party and let's have a good time. This is actually your way of tangibly expressing your thanks to Hashem by throwing a meal and by publicly recognizing Hashem's blessing. And instead of taking money and buying a sheep or a goat and bringing it up to a temple, you're expressing it by having a meal, getting together with friends. So that's one, one example. Another example we have, this is taken from the Tanya source six. Throughout the day when you are engaged in business, you can be a boat for God by giving charity from the proceeds of your labor, even if you don't earn one-fifth of your earnings, it elevates all the other four parts as well as our just famously taught charity. And this key part, guys, charity is equivalent to offering all the sacrifices. In sacrifices too, all living creatures were elevated to God through the offering of one animal and so on. So here you have another example. In, in, instead of bringing a sacrifice, atoning for your sin, a karban chatat, you're going you're gonna to take money and give it to charity, and that will be a way for a tone of the sins that you may have done. By the way, parenthetically, that's not the, the topic of tonight's class, but parenthetically, years ago, one of the ways of atoning for sins was by fasting. And the Alter Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe, said that in our days, that's not, that's not a way of serving God. 
because we're just not, we're not wired in that way, health-wise, to be able to just fast continuously lots of times. Rather, we dedicate money to charity, and that helps us with atoning for our sins. Here's another example. The men of the Great Assembly enacted, and this is, we're very familiar with, the three daily prayers of the Amida, which were established by our forefathers. Two were obligatory. The morning and afternoon prayers corresponding with the two tamid offerings. The evening service was optional and represented the burning of the leftover sacrifice on the altar all night long. However, in our day, the evening service has been accepted by the entire Jewish people as an obligatory service. Now, here is the fundamental question that I want to address. And that is that if we are to say, if we are to say that the, that, that, prayer is is corresponding to the sacrifices and prayer is 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 a form of us asking for forgiveness or other ways for 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 sacrifices in reality how do we look at prayer how do we initially let's say you know maybe maybe we've we've thought about this and we've approached it but how would you say let me put it this way because we, we have a very learned audience but initially okay if you were to ask someone what does what is prayer all about what does prayer represent one would say prayer is about asking for one's needs gabby disagrees um not necessarily. I don't know if that's the first thing that would come to mind. Well, what's the first thing that would come to mind? First thing that, like gratitude. Gratitude, okay. Yeah. So like I said, um, let me ask you something. Did you always look at prayers gratitude? Like from honestly, from 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 when you were a child and on, or is there a certain point in your life, maybe as you matured, that you started approaching prayer more as gratitude than as asking for your needs probably the last or maybe all, all all of your life you looked at prayer as gratitude yeah i mean i don't i don't know how to i'm trying to think of it in like a general way but like it varies day by day like sometimes the goal is just to give thanks and sometimes it's like oh i need a daven today because like i need stuff you know okay mark wants to say something Thank you, Rabbi. Just um, been thinking. I was thinking about uh, thinking about this, and if if davening was just about gratitude or just about asking for stuff you want, the entire Amidah, which is or Shemona Esrei, which is the biggest and most important part of our davening, would just be Shema Kolenu or Modin. The fact that there are nineteen specific uh, ordered nineteen uh, brachot about different values. Uh, such as uh, refuah or healing, Barach uh, Shanim, which is about uh, prosperity, uh, Yerushalayim as one of the as one of the prayers. It showed. I think the point of the Amidah, the Shemona Esrei, is to align our values with that, with um, with the people who made the Shemona Esrei, with to 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 actually instead of asking for stuff, say, is this what I'm? Is this what I should want? Okay. Interesting. Kayla, we're, we're, we're taking a little bit of a, of a change from the way we normally do the class tonight. We're, we're getting a lot more interaction from everybody. Go ahead. As long as you guys don't mind, I don't mind. 
Um, wait, Mark, I really love that point. I really, that was like a really good. Yeah, I, I never thought of it that way, that it's, that it's supposed to focus us on what our needs should be. So yeah, I that was really, um, that was great. Something that I always think about that like kind of motivates me to Dobbin is I kind of feel like we do a lot of physical things and we kind of need to like physical things or what makes us fall and what makes us feel good. And I feel like we also need to give those like pleasures to our neshama. So I feel like for me, davening is like feeding my neshama and like giving it that like connection and strengthening the connection. Um, and Johnny also says that it's like freeing the shechina. I'm <laughs> just adding in that point, connecting the shechina like through through davening and freeing Hashem shechina. Thank you guys. Thank you for sharing your, your thoughts of what davening is to you. Anyone else want to share anything? Please unmute yourself. Otherwise we will proceed. Nachi, take it away. Yeah, hey Rabbi. Um, I think Shmoni, I say for me is a time to, it's not about, okay, I'm going to say 19 brachas and each bracha has a different theme. I think when I think about Shmoni Esrei, I think about the opportunity to talk to Hashem and I talk to him by thanking him and by thanking him in turn, I get scar for that. But um, I, like, I think my mindset over the years have definitely changed from like davening because I need to daven where it changed to davening because I want to do it. And I love thanking Hashem and I love asking him for things. And obviously each mitzvah, each mitzvah is a different theme. So when I, recite the different brachas, I think about um, the different ways like that I'm fulfilling that mitzvah where like modem, I think about, okay, what am I thankful for? Or um, about Baruch Haleinu is about Parnassah and about work and Rifayinu about healing. So um, I, I look forward to it whereas opposed to like maybe a few years ago, I was like, okay, like this is something that I have to do now that I want to do. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. So one other point that um, some of you touched upon, but uh, a central important point is that now, beyond the purview of this class, um, and it's it's a different topic, it's something that uh, you may have, we may have discussed or or, or, or studied about over the years, is why so much of the of the silent amida, okay, focuses on a tremendous amount of our needs, of physical needs. Some of them are what Mark was discussing, more spiritual pursuits, like wanting to go back to Jerusalem and wanting the temple to be restored. But a lot of them are our own physical, personal needs. There is a separate conversation about why that is. But one of the questions is how does the the, the 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 prayers as a whole how does our approach to prayers correlate with the sacrifices what does the word korban mean in hebrew the word korban in hebrew means a sacrifice but what is the root of the word korban the root of the lihit word korban is lihit karev exactly lihit. to come close to come close so yes the word korbanot means sacrifices but the root of the word is karov lihit karev to come close to something. Let's take a look at the words of the Rebbe from 1984 for a, another perspective on prayer and, uh, and the, its correlation with sacrifices. Our sages said prayers were established in the place of sacrifice. The absence of the Holy Temple cannot and must not offer sacrifice sacrifices, the sages enacted prayer service to re- services to replace the offerings of the temple. 
The morning prayers represent the tamid offering of the morning and the afternoon prayers represent the tamid of the afternoon. Accordingly, there must be a correlation between the meaning of sacrifices and the meaning of prayer. The Hebrew word for sacrifice, korban, as we just said, comes from the word kiru, which means closeness. The offerings draws the person closer to God. This is also the idea of prayer. Although we ask God to provide us with our needs, such as wisdom, health, and sustenance, the true purpose of prayer is to develop a closer relationship with God than we had a day earlier. Let me repeat that. The true purpose of prayer is to develop a closer relationship with God than we had a day earlier. The Tamid offering, which corresponds with the daily prayers, was a burnt offering. The entire animal was burned on the altar. This teaches us that true closeness to God is only possible when we approach him not for personal gain, but for the sake of cleaving to him. Just as in the burnt offering where the owners didn't receive a portion themselves and didn't even have the benefit of giving a portion to the priest, instead, the entire sacrifice was offered to God. By way of example, if you invest in a relationship for certain benefits, whether money, honor, and so on, it is not a genuine relationship. You are concerned only with your own welfare and moreover, you are exploiting the other person for your own goals. A true bond is only possible when it is not about your personal benefit, but about a genuine desire to be close to the individual. For example, a parent's relationship with a child isn't about earning the child's respect or ensuring his support during the parent's old age. The connection is innate. It's a connection of love. The same is true of our spiritual worship that is modeled after the Tamid offering. Our connection to God must be like a burnt offering. It's not about the benefit we will receive from observing the Torah and its commandments. Rather, it is an expression of our innate desire to cleave to God. Thus, true, I'm sorry, through prayer, we channel God's blessings for all our needs. Nonetheless, we approach the prayer itself as an opportunity to become closer to God, to be like a burnt offering, offering holy for God. So the idea here is, now, uh, the, the way I understand the words of the Rebbe, it's not negating turning to God for the things that we need. Of course, we're going to turn to God for things that we need. But the question is, what's our motivation? What, is, what, is, what, what are we looking toward or for? What is, our, what is our perspective and our attitude on prayer? Is it about the things that we need or is it about connecting to God? Of course, part of our connection to God is that God is the source of all sustenance. So we turn to God for good things. We turn to God for happy things. But is God an ATM machine? Or do we have a relationship with God? Is God the, the existence of all? And therefore, we connect with God. You know, I have a grandfather. He should live and be well. And um, my mother's father, I'm referring to. And he's very connected with all of his grandchildren's lives. And he touches base with all of his children and grandchildren always, constantly. He speaks to all of his children every single day. He's the type of grandfather. He says the chapter of Tehillim that corresponds to each of his children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren every single day. Now, my mother is one of 11, so do the math. And, and all, a lot of her siblings had like four or five kids to nine kids. Um, and he says, and they all, and they, a lot of them have children, and they have children. He's, I'm just, he's a very special person. Anyhow, so... Uh, there were certain different times in my life where I was more in touch with him, less in touch with him. 
not we're close in general terms, but I'm saying in terms of like just being in constant touch. And there were certain points where sometimes the conversation would mainly be about how he he feels, how he was upset that he hasn't heard from me in so long. That would be the substance of the conversation. And it was like interesting to me, like we would spend more time talking about when I spoke to him last than about what's actually happening. But the more I think about prayer and davening and how much the emphasis of prayer, going back to the root of a sacrifice, the root of the sacrifice is to connect to God. Now, why God shows that the way to connect him is through offering a sheep and not a deer, okay? And why it has to be a male sheep and not a female sheep and all these things, that's a separate, that's beyond the purview of this conversation and largely there is no answers, but that's what God wanted. That's how we connect to him. And so the point here is that our relationship with God or rather prayer should not be looked at as a time in our day when we're coming to get our needs, but rather should be looked at as a time for us to strengthen our connection with God. And God wants that, and God is waiting for that on a constant basis. One last thought, I know I'm a few minutes uh, 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 above schedule, but one last thought I'll leave you guys with is that, um, this is from that same talk, but we don't have time to go through it, is the Rebbe said another beautiful uh, lesson idea is that um, the tamid, the tamid, which means constant, right? The tamid offering was offered in the morning and in the afternoon. And what's the message? The message there is the morning is a time when it's easy to be thankful to God. It's easy to feel close to God. You're fresh. You're starting your day. Everything is good, right? But then comes the afternoon and you're getting sluggish and you're tired and you're exhausted. And the message is that we need to have that feeling of connection and closeness to God in the morning and in the afternoon and even in the evening. Now it's evening time before the sun sets. We have to constantly make sure that our relationship is not just a, a give and take relationship, so to speak, but is a really meaningful relationship, just like parents and children in a healthy way they're not just connecting to each other when they need something from each other but rather because that's that's what we do we're innately connected have a good night everyone and if anyone else has anything to share the floor is yours yeah shakala Ruchim to you thank you you're welcome have a good night everybody take care